I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... We cover things that people who live in D.C. care about. So that's, you know, from food to culture to local politics to real estate. I mean, anything that you would want to know from local news perspective, that's the kind of things that we cover. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today, our guest, Paige Hopkins. Paige is a reporter for Axios DC. Axios just got bought by Cox Communication. Big transaction, which really gives them a broader purview owned by a major media company with global outreach. But Axios DC covers DC. Paige covers transportation, culture, and real estate. (laughs) Three small areas that matter to our city. We talk about all sorts of crazy things that COVID did to real estate, interesting elements of the DC social scene, and of course, what it means for Metro to have a lot fewer travelers and where Metro, the buses, all that may go. She's a fantastic observer of what it means to be in DC, and here's our conversation. Paige is the Axios DC reporter that covers what matters right here in the old DMV. Paige, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. I'm so excited to be here. I'm one of three reporters. We're a team. Well, you're number one to us today because you're because <laughs> you're here. But thank you for Appreciate expanding it. the definition. And um, let me first congratulate you and your colleagues on this tremendous announcement recently that you've been acquired by Cox Communication, a global uh, media company based in Atlanta. I think, and I hope. My prediction is correct mm-hmm. that it'll truly expand the Axios brand, and it'll be a great, a great, uh, a great event for all of you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think your prediction is correct. We're super excited about this. This is big news for Axios, um, and you know, something that I think a lot of readers have asked us about and had concerns is, you know, is the content changing? And no, it doesn't mean anything different right. for the content we're putting out, for the reporting we're doing. We're just excited to have you know, this new opportunity. Yeah. So you're one of three reporters in Axios, D.C. Right. Axios, the larger umbrella, Mm -hmm. is in, what, like 25 cities in the U.S.? Yeah, so Axios Local, we're taking over. We're in about half a dozen cities now. Um, it's really exciting. To, we're trying to save local journalism, which is a, a big <laughs> a big undertaking. But it's really exciting to be a part of it. And we are in cities all across the country, San Francisco, Seattle now, Boston, D.C. Um, so it's, it's an exciting undertaking. It's a big undertaking. But we all help each other and feed into the national reporting. And it comes down to local sometimes. So it's very collaborative. So the genesis of it was pretty much politics at day one, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've obviously branched out. What do you tend to cover? So for Axios DC, it's interesting. You know, Axios brand is well known here in DC, whereas it might not have been as well known in some of the other Axios local cities. So it was kind of intimidating to launch Axios DC here where everyone already knows about Axios and respects it. And so trying to keep that, you know, respect going in the local direction was a little scary, but it's been great. And we cover things that people who live in D.C. care about. So that's, you know, from food to culture to local politics to real estate. I mean, anything that you would want to know from local news perspective, that's the kind of things that we cover. And I focus on real estate and transportation and culture. Wow. Yeah, sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I just, you know, real estate, transportation and culture, some pretty some pretty uh, robust arenas to get into. Have you been in the media business personally for a while before Axios? Well, yeah. I mean, this is 
I think my third or fourth journalism job. I mean, I'm not a seasoned reporter, still learning and growing, but I graduated uh, from UNC Chapel Hill in 2016. Um, and I started my career in local TV news. So I went to West Virginia, where I knew no one, uh, started as the local uh, weekend evenings reporter, moved up to Morning Anchor. Uh, then I got a new job in Greenville, South Carolina, which was a great opportunity. Morning Anchor, I got up at 3.30 a.m. and reported till 12.30 p.m. Uh, and then I started with uh, Ac- uh, Charlotte Agenda, um, which was a company that was acquired by Axios, and now here I am. So it's like kind of a weird Axios origin story, but I've I've gotten a few local reporting gigs along the way. So interesting ladder of media jobs. Yes. You and I share West Virginia as a little bit of background. Way to go. But uh, <laughs> West Virginia, Greenville? Yes, South Carolina. Then to? Then to Charlotte. So this is kind of big interesting. Time. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. market. And then here to D.C. And then in D.C., which well, I'm it, happy to be here. It's unfair to ask, but as you touched on earlier, I mean, we're sort of a company town in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. And here in the show, What's Working in Washington, we try and you know get beyond that. And Axios, to the fact that you're there, is showing that they're moving beyond the hill right. and covering what it means to be in Washington, D.C. Yeah. 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 So real estate. Let's talk about real estate because you're Let's covering do. it. Uh, COVID, what the heck? COVID changed oh real gosh. estate a lot. What are some things about COVID for the three areas you think about, real estate, culture, and? And transportation. Transportation. What are some of the things that COVID has, has meant to your job? Oh, man. I mean. <laughs> I know. Do we have two hours, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, how much time do you have for me to chat about it? I mean, for real estate, we've all seen how wild the market has been during Crazy. the pandemic. Crazy bidding wars. All cash offers. It's impossible. Right. You know, you can't see the house w- before you pay for it, before you buy it. Um, so it's been wild. It's really kind of put the market on a huge trajectory, which is slowing down a little bit, but really it's just becoming more normal. I mean, I've reported recently on how buyers are getting a little bit more control. There's a little bit less demand, which means it's a little bit easier to get in there and say, you know, I'm not going to drop all the contingencies. So it's getting better there, but we've seen how real estate has been just absolutely wild. I would say, you know, transportation, Metro is going through it these days. I yeah. mean, I mean they've lost so many riders in addition to the safety issues. Have they? I mean, I I ride Metro a lot, and I, clearly there's less people, but yeah. the math must be pretty tra- dramatic for them. Well, the math is dramatic, and that means the money is dramatic. Yes. I mean, they're coming up on what's going to be a big deficit when that pandemic funding runs out, which is soon. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're trying to get their riders back, but they're battling some safety issues. They have a new CEO, Randy Clark, who just started about two weeks ago. Um, did not know that. Yeah. And, you know, he, he we did some some digging in his background. He was the head guy in Austin before this. He has experience in Boston. And, you know, people had good things to say about him, but obviously he has a really big challenge ahead of him. So it'll be interesting to see you know, what changes, what gets better, what improves. And he's running Metro or would Metro include bus and um, other, the rail, yeah. I guess, or all the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I got to do better. I got WMATA, all of it. Got he's it. the head guy of all of it. So, yeah. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, we focus on Metro rail, um, but, you know, he's overseeing everything. And, you know, he is known to ride public transit a lot. He reportedly met his wife in on the train in Boston. So big transit guy. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, he's clearly a sociable being if he's introducing himself to people on the Boston Metro. Yeah, maybe your single tea, viewers yeah. or, or listeners should yeah. <laughs> take, a, take a ride on the train and meet somebody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, COVID has been a nightmare for public transportation. And then culture. Like, you know, we all know how how the pandemic has impacted culture from the way we see our friends, from the way we eat at restaurants, the way we go to bars and concerts and all kinds of things. So, I mean, normal. I don't know if we're ever getting back, but, you know, 
we'll see and we'll continue to adjust. That's the voice of Paige Hopkins. He's our guest today on What's Working in Washington. Paige is a reporter for Axios DC right here, shockingly, in DC. <laughs> and she covers uh, culture, she covers real estate, she covers transportation. So let's stick with culture. Sure. And I, this isn't a show about quizzing you on why, like, what's happening. It's more, <laughs> we're going to talk about Axios yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But I got to believe that you and your colleagues in the other Axios cities must be sharing interesting stories about how COVID has changed culture. Mm -hmm. Although it probably sounds a lot alike. I mean, restaurants are down in every one of your cities, I'm sure. But how places have gone around it, you know, tables out in the sidewalk and stuff that we see. I know you're not in New York, but New York (laughs) has has been, I would argue, in some ways both worst hit Mm. and in some ways more creative about how to regain uh, the transaction and commerce that New York is so famous for. But you, you must have stories from... Your old stomping grounds of, of uh, uh, well, maybe not Charlotte in West Virginia, <laughs> but other Axios cities about culture and stuff like that. Do you guys share data that way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a very collaborative process. I mean, you know, sometimes from technical things, if there's a big data set about, you know, where young people are moving, you know, that's something that we'll share and collaborate on. And, you know, how did you tackle it? And what was your angle? Um, but for culture, yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot of cities around the country do the streeteries, do the outdoor dining, uh, focus on just outdoor programming when they can. Um, um, and that's something that we definitely collaborate on and chat about how to cover and what that looks like. So that's an ongoing conversation. You know, it's fascinating. Um, I'm on the board of a think tank here in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and the head of it, I, he's my canary in the coal mine in a good way of what's the thing you got to read when you start the day mm-hmm. as a think tank person sure. in, the, in the D.C. political marketplace. And he has moved to Axios from oh. some of your competition. <laughs> and I said, wow, that's a big day because, you know, I won't say your competition on the air because we're not going to go there. But there's, I mean, lots no of, there's lots of sort of early reads that people in the think tank business or lobbying business or the legislative business have to go. And Axios has carved out an incredible rep there. Yeah. I'm sure it's been difficult. I mean, for sure. I mean, what you said is what we want to hear. I mean, we want our newsletters to be the the must reads of the day for you. And for our readers, if you don't read anything else and you read us, we want that to feel like it's enough. So, yeah. you know, that's where Smart Brevity comes in and trying to, you know, handle the things that matter most to our to our audiences. And so for D.C., that's everything that's local. But for other newsletters, of course, they're more niche. We have healthcare, we have technology, all kinds of things. Um, and, you know, we want you to feel like you got the full meal just by reading our newsletter. And it's it's tough to decide what to cover and, uh, you know, how in-depth to go on certain things. But it's something we work really hard to do so that people can just read us. So you're advertising supported. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. how does the... And this may be an unfair question, so you're welcome to raise your hand and say, (laughs) next. Um, Have there been some interesting challenges slash conflicts where an advertiser and a story don't mesh, if you know Mm. what I'm talking about? Because that that happens a lot, as you know, in other elements of media. How does that play out with you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, I like you said, that's something that all journalists have to deal with. I mean, yep. we have to get paid. The advertisers are critical. Um, and, you know, in Axios and I think in most reputable news orgs, I'm not making advertising decisions. That's not something that has crossover. Chinese wall, as you used to call it, right? <laughs> right. And so I don't know the advertisements that will come into the newsletter until we send a test newsletter and then they generate and we see what's there. Got it. Um, and, you know, if there's a situation where we're, you know, doing something 
you know, on the mayor and there's an ad that features the mayor's face, then we might go to our advertising team and say, hey, let's reorganize these so it's not confusing to our readers. So we don't think that, oh, is this an ad or is this a continuation of the story? But generally, that's, you know, not something that we deal with all the time. Our advertising team, our money team is great. Uh, They have a high bar for, you know, what they will include and making sure that it's clear that this is an ad and this is journalism and not crossing those lines. So what's a, what's a typical, I mean, it's probably different by the three focuses you have, mm-hmm. a cycle time for a story, mm. i.e., are you able or your colleagues ever able to develop a story that will be deeper and richer and may take days or weeks or even months to get into kind of investigative journalism? Yeah. I'm making quotes, uh, quote singles <laughs> in the air for the listeners. Um, how, how does Axios balance the, those two kinds of, of outcomes? Yeah, this is a good question because I think, you know, sometimes smart brevity leads people to think just short and not in depth when that's really not the case. I mean, we sometimes have weeks and months of reporting um, that go super in depth. And so I think, you know, to report on something and to use less words to do so, you have to know your content even better than, you know, another journalist might because you have to decide what's critical to know and make those decisions difficult cuts and, uh, you know, that kind of thing and balance it. So, I mean, yeah, that's definitely something that we do. You know, I'll be working on something in the background for a month, uh, but I'll be working on something, you know, for tomorrow's newsletter for over a couple days. It just, it really depends, but we definitely can enterprise and that's something that's encouraged. Well, you have a background in on-air work yes. and do you do video or how, how does that play out versus typing and, and text? Yeah. I mean, I, I always will have a little bit of the TV bug in me. Um, we have an Instagram account at Axios DC. I would encourage any of your listeners to follow. There you go. Uh, and I do a, just kind of a, a weekly recap. It's very casual. I'll cover some of our biggest stories or our one big things uh, of the week just to tell people on Instagram, you know, who might not be quite as plugged into the newsletter or to other news sources, you know, what they should care about, what's interesting and give them a quick overview. And there we also share, you know, food pictures, restaurant stuff and you know, pretty houses for real estate. So it's it's a fun follow. That's Paige Hopkins, everybody. It's What's Working in Washington. Paige is our guest today. She's the reporter for Axios, a, a reporter of a, <laughs> of a energetic team at Axios DC right here in the DMV. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. We'll be back with more of our conversation with Paige after this. On What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. What's Working in Washington? I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Our guest today, very excited to have Paige Hopkins in the studio with us. Paige is one of the reporters at Axios DC. At Instagram, it's at Axios DC (laughs) uh, with all sorts of cool stuff. She covers real estate, culture, and transportation here in the DMV. Great to have you with us. Thanks for getting the Instagram in there. So uh, there you go. You you can never never say that enough. You can't. Uh, And as we discussed a little bit earlier, Paige and I share a background in broadcast television. We do. um, Which seems to be a dying dying market. Uh, I know. Crazy. The the, the networks and over the top and all that stuff with, with, with cable. But... But real estate, we touched on earlier, yeah. being a hot marketplace. Let's talk about real estate a little bit more. Sure. So um, I spent a lot of time in the – I was uh, 
chairman of a company called HomeSnap that was a real estate app company ah. that Revolution had invested here in D.C., which we sold to uh, uh, CoStar, which is another big real estate mm -hmm, company mm -hmm. in D.C. But the Zillows of the world and everybody obviously make the market um, supposedly transparent. So the buyer <laughs> and the supply, the buyer and the seller have a lot of data so that the compass, you know, the compass agent doesn't say a number you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. Uh, but as we touched on, COVID kind of changed everything. You literally did see people buying stuff sight unseen? Oh, absolutely. You know, let me, can I highlight a specific Let's listing that I think your listeners will be interested in? There was a Fairfax home. It went for around $800,000. Uh, the listing was very unique. It said all cash offers only. And the interesting thing about this house was we called it the, the quote unquote squatter house because there is a long backstory, but there were people living in the basement of the house without a lease. And the listing made sure that any potential buyers knew that and were okay with that and were going to buy the house without seeing the portion that those people lived in. What? And it went within a few days over asking. That's oh what the pandemic market looked Gosh. like. Gosh. Wild. Wild. And so you could have bought it and found out there was a meth lab in, in the basement for all you knew. Mystery. Mystery. Crazy. Now, I mean, you know, there's lots of backstory with the people who are yeah. living in the house. There's reasons, of course. I think it's been resolved. Uh, yeah. But it just goes to show that, you know, for a while, sellers could just put whatever they wanted out there yeah. and it would go. And it's it's getting back to normal, which is good. Well, I would argue part of that is Virginia, which is the crazy uh. state, the Commonwealth. <laughs> you know, that, that stuff that happens there. Um, you didn't touch it. You don't touch on commercial real estate, do you? Or is that part of your, your role? You know, a little bit. We focus more on residential because we think that's, you know, what our readers are most interested in. But, you know, of course, when new developments go up, when there's exciting new things going on around town, that's something we also want to cover. Well, we touched on this earlier as well about the idea of culture and restaurants mm -hmm. and people not returning to the offices downtown. Yeah. You must have a wide variety of stories and coverage where you see, they used to call them see-throughs back in, in <laughs> Texas, where the building is empty and stuff. Yeah. What's your crystal ball on, on people coming back? You know, my crystal ball is that people are never going to want to come back in a majority. You know, there, yeah. there, of course, are people who love going into the office and who are going back now and who have been going back for a while. But I think, you know, going forward, there might continue to be this tug of war between, you know, execs in a company who, you know, for whatever reason, want to make use of their expensive lease and the employee who really enjoys working from their couch and, you know, not needing as much daycare for their kids and, you know, going around walks around the block during the workday. So, I mean, people aren't back to work yet in D.C. There's been a big push at a lot of companies to get them back, you know, of course, on the federal level as well. Uh, but it's definitely still really, really slow. What do you do? I mean, are you mm. able to work in an office or not work in an office? What's the structure at Axios DC? Yeah, Axios has a beautiful Clarendon office. I, I, I'm i very hit or miss. You know, some weeks it's like two or three days a week. Some weeks it's like I don't see that office at all. But it's beautiful. It's collaborative. But there's no pressure for us to go into the office. I mean, you know, we're trusted to do our jobs wherever. And, you know, we've been functioning well when we couldn't go back to the office during the pandemic. You know, so our, our founders had, you know, no reason to force a go back to the office policy, which I think we're all grateful for, but it's a nice space to be in, especially when you need a break from being in your house all the time. Agree. <laughs> that, that's, that seems to be universal. So culture. I mean, yeah. Jose Andreas obviously is our kind of global brand for Washington, D.C. restaurants. What are some other either people or themes or uh, maybe it's just Jose. What, what are you seeing in the in the restaurant industry that, that may be of interest? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Rammies just wrapped up where a bunch of great restaurants were honored. Daru is D.C.'s uh, best new restaurant of the year, which is really exciting. Daru. Yes, D-A-R-U. I don't know it. Yeah. What's the cuisine? You'll got to try it. What's the, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, it's 
fresh takes on, I believe, classic like Indian dishes uh, and, you know, some some Asian influences in there. I think it's great. I mean, I've not tried it yet, but I've heard great things. We yeah. we had a little blurb about it in the newsletter recently. Um, I think, you know, people are going back out to their favorite restaurants, but, you know, we're still saying goodbye to some like Bad Saint. It was a, a Filipino restaurant in Columbia Heights. It closed recently and, you know, it was super popular and got a lot of accolades, you know, in its heyday. And restaurants are still having a really hard time. And that's something that we're continuing to see. What about the social scene for the 20s and 30s? Is U Street Corridor still mm. the center? Is it Adams Morgan? Has that shifted as well? <laughs> I'm a 20s, 30s person who okay. is a couch is a couch potato. So I that's your Adams Morgan <laughs> is your couch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, I think U Street is is always going to be. I I hope uh, you know a really popular place to go on my rare night out. It is still bumping. People are still out there. Um, you know, there are lots of places I've heard. Um, Clarendon and Boston are really popular Stop. Northern Virginia places to go. I cannot vouch for that okay. because I've not, I don't go out often. Uh, but I heard for like recent college grads, those are places that are 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 popping. So, yeah. So as far as the social scene, I, I for the you know for full transparency, was one of the team that bought the Washington City paper out mm. of frankly out of bankruptcy. Uh, that's a physical thing, as as you know. Do you consider that competition? I mean, people from the honor boxes can grab that on a Thursday. Do, do you see that as something that at all bites into your viewership for culture, or am, am, should I just stop thinking about no, it? No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, I feel like all local D.C. news outlets that cover culture are competition. But, I mean, yeah. you know, we like to be friendly competitors yeah, here at Axios. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we lean into smart aggregation. So when we see a great news story that one of our competitors does, you know, we'll aggregate it, of course, credit them heavily and, you know, tell our readers about it. So we don't see it as like, oh, we got to fight with them. It's like, a, you know, you're doing great work, too. We can share, tell our readers about it. Now, you mentioned, was it Nauru, was that National Restaurant Week? What, what is it? What is the uh, what is the uh, uh, restaurant thing you mentioned? Oh, the before? Rammies. The Rammies. It's yeah, the R- Rammies, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the Metropolitan Washington Area Restaurants. Whatever. Oh, it sounds good. I, I, I might it. be a little bit off on, on yeah. the official name, but Close it's enough. the big restaurant association that covers D.C. and Northern Virginia and, you know, parts of Maryland as yeah. well. So um, transportation, mm-hmm. um, what are some themes in maybe personal travel, vacation travel, or even business travel that you're seeing? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, revenge travel is, is revenge. a thing. <laughs> okay. Revenge travel. It's you a, have my attention. It's I, coming, I <laughs> yeah, it's coming out of the pandemic. People have missed their annual trips. People have missed going out of the country. They've missed vacationing during the pandemic. And so what's happened this summer is people are going all out on vacations. I spoke with uh, a travel agent who said we're seeing six-figure vacations frequently among the D.C. elite who can afford it. I mean, this is not my vacation, but, you know, people are going all out. They're doing all the tours. They're going to, you know, Europe has been a big place that people have missed going to. So they're doing all the walking tours and lots of uh, private excursions because we're still keeping COVID in mind, right? So we want to do all the things, but we want it to just be our group. And we're, you know, getting revenge on on coronavirus for making us miss all this. Got it. And this is where price is no object. <laughs> this is where price is no object, yeah. especially because, you know, we're seeing flight prices are, you know, super high these days. And, you know, revenge travel is probably not for the people who who have a more modest budget. But that's OK, because staycations have been really popular lately, sure. too. There's been a lot of coverage of those. That's something that's more in my budget. Yeah. So no shame. Or a salad of Philly for a cheesesteak. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that sounds t- like a lovely trip. Absolutely. So what about the airports? We obviously have three very vital airports. Right. Has COVID affected the sort of the, the, the market share between those three? Or you think it's still, it's still pretty much the same? Oh. 
know, that's a tough question. I'm not really sure about the market share, but I could say that, you know, we've seen some of the the national aviation issues happen and interrupt flights in D.C. as well with delays, with cancellations, with prices. Uh, You know, so that's not something that we've been immune to. And I think, you know, hopefully it gets better soon. But I can't look into my crystal ball and tell you. Yeah. Well, I'm a big BWI person Mm. and a big Southwest user. So national all the way. You're, you're a national? Yeah. Thank you for not saying Reagan, no disrespect. <laughs> Let's keep politics out of it. Of course. Um, but the, 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 the so, so national, as people should know, is in Virginia, even though it's Washington National Airport. You're it's correct. so interesting some of the some of the elements that two major airports in in Virginia outside of DC mm-hmm. and then BWI, which is meaningfully north of Washington, yeah, it's DC. Kind of far. Yeah. So national is obviously the mo- the the most convenient. It is incredible to me, I'm sure you covered it. The new um, the new wing at National yes, is yes. awesome. It is. Did you, it's I'm shiny. Sure you it's beautiful. Just, I've yeah. been just because I've been traveling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like it a lot. Doing and, revenge travel? <laughs> just sort of your own version of revenge travel? No. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, traveling to, back and forth to my hometown, Charlotte, and, you know, a few other little excursions. Went to New York. Went to other places. So we started our conversation congratulating, or I congratulated you on the transaction of Cox Communications buying Axios. Thank you. Uh, it's unfair to ask, but was it was it for sale for a while, do you know? Or was this a transaction that sort of Cox showed up and said, here's a gazillion dollars, will you be part of the family? <laughs> What's your sense as, an, as, a, as a worker, as a colleague, that, that how this went down? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know the inner workings of the deal. I know Cox has been a partner and on the board of Axios for a while, and we've oh, had I a great relationship with them. Okay. And so that's kind of how it formed. I couldn't tell you if they just showed up with half a half a billion dollars a couple Hello. of days ago and it was off or we couldn't refuse. But I think it's going to be a great partnership, and, you know, we're all really excited about what this means for the future. Well, certainly multi-city, they're a multiple, I guess they're actually a global brand in many ways, multi-city support for what Axios wants to be. And as I recall, they never had a political arm. And Axios, I mean, look, we've talked about what you do with Axios, Mm -hmm. which is far more broad general news coverage. Mm But its original brand, obviously, was you know was was take, pulling share out of Politico and all the other people that 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 that, that, that cover the hill. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Cox handles having a real strong political brand in its in its uh, umbrella of of offerings. Absolutely, but I think the good thing and the thing that's important to know is that you know our leadership stays the same. You know, like Cox doesn't come in and tell us what to do now. We're yeah. still you know able to make our own decisions editorially, especially. And so you know the things that you're used to seeing from Axios, you'll continue to see from Axios. That is a great way to transition and great segue. Mm. You're, you, you're very good at segues, obviously. You must have been on TV. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we're talking with Paige Hopkins. She's the, one of the reporters covering the Washington, D.C. market here for Axios. It's Axios D.C. as a reporter, and that's on Instagram, at Axios D.C. So we ask all of our guests, if they rule the world yes. for some reasonable period of time, and as ruler of the world, what would they start happening, make up, or what would they stop happening that is negative to them, or both? So your answer. Oh, okay. I've been nervous about this question because it can go in so many directions. I'm just going to go with what's going on in my life now, which is I'm planning a wedding. And I Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I'm very excited. October. It's coming quickly. I would just make people not be allowed to make everything way more expensive when you say wedding. I'm just trying to save money. It's ridiculous. You could be planning a regular party, but as soon as you say it's a wedding party, it's like 50% markup on everything. Really? So this is a very selfish answer. But that is how I would change the world at this moment. So we're in a building close to Wedding Wire. Have you been using Wedding Wire? Do you no, know Wedding Wire? I don't know Wedding Wire. Maybe I should. Well, maybe this is what we should be talking about. But no, <laughs> I, I think marking up because of the transaction, I completely agree with you. Yeah. 
Paige, it's been great having you with us today. A great answer on the final question. Once again, it's Paige Hopkins at Axios DC. Thanks for being with us on What's Working in Washington. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.